Have you ever killed something? Like, this is the weirdest opening, all right? <laughs> I heard some yeses. Okay, you killed a bug, right? I mean, come on, an ant, okay? You've killed something. Most of you, okay? Anybody killed bigger than a bug, like a bird? Anybody killed a bird? Anybody? Okay, a lot of dead birds, I see. Okay, uh, bigger than a bird. I know some, yeah, okay. Some hunters out there, you've gone hunting. People do this for lots. Some people go hunting for fun. Some go for the meat. I don't know you. Sometimes, I don't know what it is about us. We just want to kill something. Um, sometimes you have to, uh, I don't even want to. So uh, I had this problem on my back porch uh, uh, a little while back where these, I don't know what they're, what they're called, but I call them mud birds, okay? And they make these mud nests. Have you ever had one of these on your back porch? And they just, they kept coming and, and they would make these huge messes and I would clean it. And, and even worse than the mud up top was what they did on the ground, okay? And it would be on my chairs and on my, on my grill and on everything. And I got the pressure washer out. I pressure washed it off and they just started right back up the next day. And, and I'm out there, literally, you can ask my wife. I'll be out there in the morning, okay? I'm still in my pajamas. I've got a, a, a broom and I'm swinging it at these birds trying to get rid of them every single morning. And um, it didn't work. They just kept coming back. I mean, I literally closed the door and 10 seconds later I hear, I'm like, oh, okay. Trying, trying. So I got on Amazon and I ordered one of those rubber snakes. Okay, it looked as real as I could put it up where they do their things. They built that nest on my rubber snake right away. I guess it didn't do any good at all. I was like, man. So I got online and I found some people did foil. And so I covered that up there with foil. They had a shiny nest, okay? It like didn't help at all. I, I used Dawn dish soap. I heard that did something. I tried spraying cleaners and nothing would get rid of these birds. And they kept, so um, I went to my closet. I have a BB gun, all right? And um, for those of you with a really soft heart, they got scared, Okay. The rest of you understand they never came back, okay? Uh, because sometimes there's something that you have to get rid of and it has to go permanently and you can't let it come back. Um, okay, some of you are really sad about the, there were ugly birds, just, okay? You won't be sad about this one. Okay, this is, imagine this with me. You're laying in bed about to go to sleep. You've done whatever you do, you watch your show or whatever, and you're, you're about to turn off the light and on the ground you see crawling a spider about that big around, okay? And you get up to get a shoe, <laughs> and you go to, you're, gonna, you're gonna get that thing, and right before you do, it runs under the bed. Now, this is not a, a, a made-up thing. This actually happened to me, okay? And so I'm there, and I'm like, oh, man. And so I get in the bed, and I'm laying there, and have you felt something that wasn't there before? Okay, that spider was crawling on me. Okay, it wasn't that I felt it. And then I started, I had read this article one time about how your average person swallows three spiders in their lifetime, which I'm pretty sure is made up, but I'm just imagining, you know, I'm like asleep and it's just crawling in my mouth and I'm trying to sleep and I can't. So I get up, I take the comforter off, I took the mattress off, I got the box spring off against the wall and I found that little thing and I smashed it to pieces, okay? Because <laughs> I was tired and it was laying and I was frustrated and it needed to die. Okay, now you understand there are things in like, a, if you got a wasp in your room, you're gonna kill that thing, it needs to go. Um, but what I want you to know is there are some things in your life that need to die that you need to kill. So things, not people. Thinking of a family member, you've got issues beyond what we're doing today, okay? Um, but no, there are things in us that need to go, that you need to not let live in you anymore. Okay, I mean, I could give you lots of examples. We're gonna talk about some, but let's just give an obvious one. Um, I, I think you can agree that anger needs to go. 
You've seen anger mess people up. I mean, thank goodness for YouTube. You get to see all kinds of crazies out there, okay? And you don't even actually experience them. You get to, I watched the guy, the guy was driving too slow in front of him, so he rear-ended him on purpose. When they pulled over, he started kicking the guy's car, and he went to jail. <laughs> and anger messed him up. Now, that's extreme, but come on, haven't you seen anger mess up a relationship, a friendship, a home? Okay, anger, if it stays, is dangerous. Anger needs to go. That's just one. We could talk about a lot of different things. There's a lot of things that we need to say, it has to die. And I believe this morning God wants to get rid of some things. There are some things you need to kill, and there's some things you need to nurture. There's some things you need to help grow. There's some things God wants to grow up in us, and we need to help it. Um, So this last summer, me and my wife, we redid our flower, our flower bed, the shrubs out front throughout the olden. We went to Home Depot, and we picked out all the new bushes, and we came home, and we planted them. I say we planted them. That's like saying we gave birth, okay? I planted them. She gave birth. Okay, I got the good end of that deal. But anyways, uh, I dug the holes, and she said, good job. And, and so we planted these new bushes, and um, they... Uh, I don't know if you remember, summer was 100 and something degrees for like two months, okay? So here's the thing, when you plant something like that, especially in the summer, you've got to nurture it. So every single day we're out there and we're watering these things, okay? Every single day we're watering these new bushes because we don't want them to die. And so we want them to grow and be healthy. And then we went to youth camp. And I didn't think to ask anybody to water the bushes. Never done that before. And uh, we came back. And all of the azaleas were brown and crispy. Okay, they were, they were dead, dead. They were gone. The sun baked them away. And uh, we had to get new ones. And um, here's the thing. I think God has started some stuff in you at times. And you began to feel something new. And then it felt like it went away. We needed to nurture it. We needed to grow it up. There is some stuff that he wants to do in you, but you're going to have to water it. You're going to have to help let, it, let it grow in you, okay? Last week, we, started, we talked about stress, if you were here, okay? If you missed it, you can see it online, but we talked about stress. Now, this one's a personal one for me because it was a battle that I went through for a long time. Um, I remember back in 2005 or six, somewhere around in there, when I just, one day I was fed up with being stressed and staying up all the time, so I got my Bible and I began to study about stress, and God began to do a work in me to believe that I could get free. But this is a crazy thing. As soon as I started to pray and believe to get rid of stress, guess what happened? The sun was 115 degrees on my life. You know what I mean? It was like starting to bake me, and what I had to do was stay refreshed in the Lord and let him continue to develop that in me. And then it has grown and it's grown and it's gotten stronger to where now, I'm going to tell you, I don't have this perfectly figured out, but there's stuff that's happened recently in my life that 10 years ago, I would have been up all night stressed. And now it hits me and I'm like, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> and I know how to rest in the Lord, okay? It's something he can grow in you. And there are things that he will grow in you and continue in you and he wants to put on new. So we're going to talk about killing some things and letting some things grow, so I hope that you're ready. Look at the person next to you. Say, get ready. It's going to be one of those mornings. Look at me and say, I'm ready. Thank you. All right. So I hope that you are because I, was, I really feel a burden about this today. And um, it's going to be a challenge for you. So you better be ready. And uh, I, I don't usually do sermon titles very good. So I don't have a good one today. But if you take notes, you can just write down. We have to kill the old and nurture the new. Kill the old. There's some things that have got to be killed, got to get rid of, and some new things that he wants to bring in to us. And uh, I believe this is going to be a challenge for us, so I'm going to pray and ask the Lord to do something in us. Holy Spirit, I ask that your presence would be here to change us and make us new. In Jesus' name, amen. 
All right. So we're going to be in two passages of Scripture. Uh, Colossians chapter 3 is where we're going to be most of the time. If you have a Bible, I encourage you to turn there. And then we're going to be in uh, John 15 in a few minutes. And uh, you can put a marker there if you'd like to turn there as well. But in Colossians 3, we're going to see what we need to put to death. Okay? And he says this. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And this may sound dramatic, but it's a big deal. Put it to death, he says. Don't let it linger. Don't let it stay. Don't entertain it. Don't deal with it. Kill it. There are things in us, in our earthly nature, our sinful self, our old self, that need to be dealt with, that we need to put to death. Now he's going to give us some examples. He says, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, th- these the wrath of God is coming. Now, he gives a, a brief list here. This is something Paul does in his letters a lot. In, in the New Testament, you're going to see over and over, he has these lists of things he says to get out. And this happens to be one of the shorter ones, okay? Um, and I, I don't really care to spend a lot of time trying to list out a bunch of things. But here, here's the point, that even amongst Christians, the church... There is things that remain in us that need to go. In fact, in almost every letter that Paul wrote, he wrote to get rid of sexual immorality. And he's writing to Christians. He's writing to churches. And, and, and then this is important, because see, in this room today, there are many of us that need to deal with lust and sexual immorality in our life and say, that can't stay anymore. I've let it stay for too long. I've adapted the ways of the world for too long, and that's going to die. And we could go on and on and list things. Like I said, I don't want to list sins. The Holy Spirit can reveal that to you, what needs to die in you. But again, there is some stuff in us that needs to go, things in us that we need to put down and not allow, be allowed to stay in us. He says, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. Every believer has a used to way. This is the way I used to. Used to when somebody cut me off in traffic, but not anymore, okay? You know what I'm saying? We're still struggling with that one, right? Okay, used to when somebody mistreated me, this is what I did. Used to when I was on my phone at night and I'm strolling through the, whatever my normal thing is and something inappropriate po- popped up, I lingered. Used to. Now I throw that thing away. Used to. I have a used to way. And, and it's in the life you once lived. I, I hope that you know this. If you are a believer, you have a new life. You're not the old life anymore, okay? If you're not a believer, I want you to know something. There is a new life that is available to you. And I'm going to show you what that new life looks like in a minute. And it is a life that we want. But there is a new life that we walk in and we put off the old one. It says, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things. You've got to rid yourself. There are things that you have to get rid of, okay? This is another, he's saying it a lot of different ways. Put it to death. Now he's going to say rid it, get rid of it. Um, a few years ago, my wife and I went on vacation, and we, it was a nice long one, and we came home and had one of those long drives back. You ever get back from vacation and you're more tired than you were before you left? We're really worn out from the long drive, and, I, and we get home and ready to just go sit on the couch and do nothing. And... Um, I remember, I'll never forget this. We opened the door to our house, to the garage, and come in, and it like hit me in the face, this smell that was unbelievable. Um, So what had happened was, before we left, we had cleaned out some food out of the fridge, and there was some raw stuff and some gross stuff, and we threw it in there, and I was supposed to carry it out, and I forgot, okay? And so it sat in there for eight days and just, just rotted, and the entire house just was, I mean, unbelievably bad. So we come in the house, and I'm like, oh my, what is going on in here? You know, and I'm like, I'm walking around trying to figure out. We didn't know at first, and finally I find the trash. Okay, and so what did I do? 
I immediately took that stinky mess and I walked it outside and I said, get out of my house, okay? Because as long as it stayed, it was going to stink. As long as you keep these old things in your life, your life will stink, okay? And it will not be pleasant, and it will not be the things that God has for you. It has to go, and you can't just cover it up. And yeah, you could light a candle and spray some Lysol, but guess what's always underneath? Now, Christians, we get pretty good about just kind of covering up our sin and trying to manage it and deal with it and make sure nobody at church knows about it and all that, but trust me, it's there and it stinks, okay? And so we got to get rid of it. Otherwise, we're never going to experience what God really has for us. And here's one more just thought about that. When Christians allow the things we're about to talk about to stay in their life, we stink to the world. People look at the, us and go, hey, what's the difference about a Christian? Why, why would I want to be one? Because we stink. And we don't, we're not supposed to. Let's get it and let's get it out. And you can. And here's some of the things he says. He says things such as these. So not only these, these are examples of the, of the things. So things like this, things such as these. He goes on, he says, anger. Rage, malice, this shouldn't stay on us. And if I have rage and I just, okay, here's the good news. It can go away. It can die. If you have malice towards somebody, yeah, they did something probably worth that anger and that malice, but guess what? You can be free of that and need to be free of that. Slander, we we just speak ill of others in filthy language. Almost, you know, in our culture today, people don't even think about this anymore. Filthy language, eh, it needs to get out of us. I mean, just yesterday, I got this little notification on my phone on Spotify, and it was like, top 20 songs of 2022. And I was like, well, I don't ever listen to that kind of stuff, but I was curious what people listen to, so I opened it up. Well, I have the explicit filter on on mine, and so over half the songs were just grayed out. I couldn't even listen to them because they were explicit in some way. And I'm like, this is what our culture entertains yourself with. I'll tell you what, if you start to live this, you're going to stand out and be different because you're getting this out of you. This doesn't belong in our lives anymore. So he says, get rid of it. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices. Now, he's going to introduce this concept of old self and new self in this passage. And he does, Paul writes this in many of his letters. He talks about the old man, new man, old self, new self. He talks about walking in the flesh and walking in the spirit. It's a common thing that Paul talks about with believers, that we have to make the choice to take this old self, take it off, and to put on something new. And you have an old self and its practices. Again, he's saying the same stuff over and over again, so we'll get it. That there's some stuff that we need to, to get rid of, that we need to kill, that we need to take off, okay? He's given us three different ways he's said it. And then he goes, he says, old self, and you put on the new self, which is uh, being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. So we put on something new. The old has to go. It doesn't belong. The old is icky. <laughs> okay, have you been to the dentist? I hope so, okay. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, and no, no one likes going. But if you go to the dentist, okay, you know he always wears one of these, right? Or something like this. And uh, so if you were to come in and you're sitting in your chair waiting, because that's what you always have to do, and you're waiting, and you look over and he's working on somebody else. And you just happen to catch a glimpse and in their mouth, their teeth aren't yellow, they're brown. Okay, have you seen one of these smiles before? And it got some gaps and they're Gums are kind of black, and it's just, oh, wow. He's got a lot of work to do. And you look over there, and he's doing his thing, you know, working in there, taking care of business. And he, and he, uh, he wraps up with him, so what does he do? He takes off that glove, and uh, he goes over to the sink, and he washes his hands real good, right? And uh, so you see him over there, and he's getting, he's getting it all clean. 
And he's ready to come over to you. So he walks over and he picks up that same glove. <laughs> and he starts to put that glove up. What are you going to do when he walks up to your chair? <laughs> no, nah, you're, you're going to go take that, that old one off. Okay, because this is disgusting, right? You're like, that is gross. That is not going in my mouth. Okay, you need to see some of the old self as that gross or worse. Because it is, it's just, it's ick and it holds you back and it does things to your heart and to your relationship with God and to your relationships with others that doesn't belong. What we have to do is say, you know what, that old me is gone. And you take it and you're going to just be done with it and you throw it away and you put on the new. You put on the new self. And it is a decision that you make to take it off and put it on. To take it off and put it on. So now he's going to begin to describe the new self. This is the new you. This is what's available. He says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, you're dearly loved, by the way, clothe yourselves, clothe yourselves, put this on, compassion. That, man, I care about others. I see hurting in others, and and it doesn't annoy me. I have compassion for them. Kindness, that I, I look for ways to bless others. Humility, I don't see myself as better. I don't see myself with pride. Instead, it's with Humility, gentleness, and I'm, I'm careful with others. I'm careful with the needs and feelings of others. And patience, don't we need patience? If you drive, you need patience, okay? We need patience. And here's the thing. This is stuff that we choose to put on. Okay, you're gonna take off the old, and every day you choose to put this on. Okay, and I, I have to work on this and grow in this and put it on all the time. I'm gonna tell you something. If you're a parent, you're gonna have to learn to put on patience, I had no idea how much patience you need to be a parent until I became one. I didn't know. I didn't know that you can't just say, come here. You have to send a barrage of here's, right? Come here, come here, come here, come here, 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 right? You know what I'm talking about? You can't say, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Okay, and all of a sudden I'm going, oh my word. Okay, put on patience. <laughs> put on patience. Now, that doesn't mean I'm getting ran over by my kids, but you know what? You can discipline when you have patience. You hurt your child when you come in anger. You correct them with patience. You understand what I'm saying? So we have to learn every day in so many situations. We're going to be putting these things on and growing in them. He goes on and he says, bear with each other. Is there anybody in your life you have to bear with? Don't elbow the person next to you, all right? <laughs> yeah, don't. Is there somebody? Yeah, we bear with people. They're intolerable sometimes, but you bear with them. He says, forgive whatever grievances you may have against each other. You have some grievances against somebody? that it's like, man, they did you wrong. And he says, we forgive those grievances. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. This is what he's describing, okay? He's describing the fruit of the life of a believer. The fruit, when you look at a tree, the fruit is what shows us what kind of a tree it is, the evidence of what it is. And when you are a, a follower of Christ, this is what begins to grow out of you. Things like love and kindness and humility. This begins to grow in us. And so what he wants to do in us is to grow this new life and to cut off the old. To grow this new life and produce this new fruit and to cut off the old. And this is, this is so big. It is every part of us it's not just a few little things. All of us is different. We're, it's all new. And, this, the, and we get rid of all of the old. But here's the problem. We get stuck. And we stop moving forward and growing in the new. And some of us, we used to grow and we used to do things and we get caught in a rut and we begin to just stay somewhere and not move anymore. We're not growing anymore and we're not getting rid of the old. And it gets so bad, okay, that sometimes we actually label ourselves a certain way and just believe this is who I am now. 
And, and, and when you see yourself through the wrong, with the wrong labels, with the wrong filter, you get stuck. And so I want us to start to break some of those. Y'all know what a label is, okay? If you see a label on like a, something at the store, okay, so like ladies, if you go and you see this, what is it? Yeah, okay. Y'all don't want to admit you now. You know what that means if you see this on something? It's expensive. That's all it means. <laughs> I had a kid come into youth group one time, this guy, and he had his little man bag, Merce thing. I don't know what you call it. And uh, I was like, whoa, that's, that looks expensive. I was like, well, how much was that? And he goes, oh, it was $2,000. And I just went, Okay, and, uh, and I was like, I got a backpack for $15 to do the same thing, you know? But here's the thing, for him, that logo meant something, okay? Or that label gave it value, okay? It meant something. If you see this, it brings something to mind, maybe sports and athletics and those kind of things. And, you know, if I go to some of the men and I was to show a, a Chevy logo, some of you would be like, that's quality. And those would be like, nah, that's junk. You got to get a Ford, right? And then there's somebody else like, ram tough, okay? And uh, you got, and the deal is that label to you means something. Because that one means quality and that one means junk or however that is. And, and here's the thing. Some of us have got a label on ourselves that doesn't belong. <laughs> I just thought of this. Have you ever seen one of those people that put like an Escalade logo on their like little Toyota? You ever seen that? Some of us are wearing the wrong logo, the wrong label, okay? And, uh, and so we need, and we need to put the right, <laughs> the right one on. Um, so here, here's some of what we, what we put on ourselves, okay? You may believe that you're, you're just sinful, and, and, and I'm gonna tell you the truth. All these labels, at some point, the reason we wear them is because we are, okay? But these can change, okay? But we're sinful. And you, and you look at all the things that you've done, and this is something that you wear. You're addicted. I've had this problem for years, and I don't know that it'll go away. You're stressed. I just, I just deal with stress. This is just me. I just, you know, I deal with it. You're depressed. I haven't been happy in a long time. You're broken, that thing happened and it was so hard and it is so heartbreaking and your heart is broken and you're not sure that it will ever come back to normal. You're angry. It's just, you know, it's in my blood, okay? And it's just, you're, you're angry. You're a jerk. <laughs> now, nobody wants to label that as themselves, but come on. Sometimes this becomes who you are. As you're just angry and a jerk. Worthless. Maybe you were called this when you were young and you just decided that's who you are. Or maybe you just feel this way because you've been spinning in circles and not going anywhere. But this is what I need you to know. This is old self. This is old life. This is old you. But there is a new self and a new you. And instead of, of being carrying this label of sinful, you're righteous. The righteousness from God comes through faith in Christ Jesus to all who believe. That's Romans 3.22. If you believe in him, he has made you righteous. You're addicted. Whom the son says free is free indeed. He will set you free. You're stressed. The peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. He will give you peace. You are depressed. There is joyful, joyfulness. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. He will fill you with joy. You're broken. Jesus says he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He can repair that broken heart. He can change you. You are angry. You are angry. You can be merciful. He said, be merciful as your heavenly father is merciful. You're a jerk. <laughs> the fruit of the spirit is for you. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. You feel worthless. You're living a worthless life. You are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he has prepared in advance for you. He has prepared things for you to do. He has a calling on your life and a purpose for your life. Now, I hope that when you see this, this is hope for you. 
because you may be steeped in sin, but you can be made righteous in him. You may feel that, that the problem is never going away, but you can be free. You don't have to stay in stress the rest of your life. This is not who you are called to be. That is an old way, an old life, and he can bring you into something new and give you peace. You may be heartbroken, but his life can be breaking but we serve the one who mends that broken heart and he can bring that back. You can feel totally like you're going in circles and spinning and going nowhere in your life and he can give you purpose this morning and take you somewhere. And so I hope you see that there is hope for a new life. There's hope for something more. So how do we live this new, new life? How do we continue in it and grow in it and nurture it and let it grow? How do we get rid and cut off those old things? I wanna show you something Jesus said in John chapter 15. He's teaching his disciples and he says this, he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. So he, start, he starts to begin talking about this vine, and he talks about how the vine has branches, and some of us can't really picture vines, maybe you can picture a tree, okay, a tree, and it has its branches, okay? And, uh, and he says, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it will be even more fruitful. So you got this image of a vine or a tree, and you got a branch over, I guess my arms are branches. you got a branch over here, and there's nothing on it. So what does he do? Cuts it off. One verse says he throws it into the fire, okay? That one is gone. And then there are those that are growing fruit. If you're a believer, this is you. But he wants it to be more fruitful, and so he works on it. I'm going to talk about that working on it in a minute. But he works on it so it will, it will grow even more fruit. He wants to produce even more in you. He goes on. He says, remain in me. And here's the key. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. If you take a tree that's got fruit on it, and you cut its branch off and put it on the ground, will that branch ever grow fruit? No. It has to stay connected to the vine, to the tree, right? And, and this, is, this is us. You must stay connected to the Lord to grow, to grow new fruit. We cannot be separated from him. He says, remain in me. And then he wants to make sure everyone understands, okay? Because sometimes people don't get analogies. He goes, I am the vine. You are the branches, okay? Be real clear here. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So, what is the fruit he's talking about? It is the fruit of the life in Christ. It is the fruit of the Spirit. It is these things that we're talking about that he wants to produce in you peace and joy and love. He wants to produce in you patience and self-control. He wants to produce in you freedom. He wants to produce these things. He wants to, he wants to see them grow and grow more. And he wants to continue that in us when we remain in him. I want to go back to a verse we just read. Remember the one with the blue on it? Okay, is I want to show you what he does. And that is, he, will, he wants to grow us and make us more fruitful. So he says, the one with no fruit, he cuts it off. If you, are, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus today, that screen with all of the positive stuff is available to you. It is the fruit that's available to you, but it, you're, not, you're not gonna see any of it until you give him your life. And that's what he's talking about here. Those that are they're thrown away and burned, they, they don't see this new life. But if you've given your life to Christ, I can tell you this, you have fruit. Maybe it's just a little bit. And this is what he wants to do. He wants to see it grow. He wants to produce more. And this is how he does it. He says, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it will be even more fruitful. So 
this is what you do with a tree that has that you need to prune. So sometimes you'll go out and there'll be a branch and it's got some fruit on it and there may be a part coming off a limb that's dead or that's not doing well. And so you go out there and you go, that part comes off. And the reason is because now new life can grow there and new fruit. Sometimes you'll have a, a limb that for whatever reason just will not grow fruit. There's fruit everywhere else, but this part is just growing and it's not producing anything. So he comes out and he'll go, and that part's gonna fall and die so that something fresh and new can come out. And this is what he will do in you. You'll come to him and you'll begin to say, Lord, I just, I'm, you're seeking him. And he'll say, I see that stress on you. And he's gonna go, so that peace can begin to grow. He'll see that lust that's in your heart and that this continues to come out. And he's going, you know what, let's work on that. And then he's gonna cut some of that off and then self-control begins and, and, and it begins to grow and you begin to, to do different. He's gonna start to prune this stuff off. Why? So that something new can grow in you. But we have to remain in him. You, you're not gonna do this on your own. You come as far as you can on your own. We have to remain in him and let him do the work in us. He wants to, he wants to, to, to prune, he wants to grow, but are you gonna let him do that work? See, playing church will not see the growth. As preachers, we say playing church. This is what we mean. You come to get your points with God to sit through a service. That's not what this is. This is an opportunity for the Lord to prune you. And so you can come to church and the worship can start and you can, you know, oh, that's some decent singing. And the preaching can happen and I've seen teenagers, I've been a youth pastor for 15 years, okay, and they just take a nap, you know. Okay, and you're, you're mature, you won't do that, but in your heart you're like, okay, lunch is coming, okay. And the altar time comes and, oh, you know, that's for people that really are messed up or something. I'm not going to do that. Or, you know, it's time to move on. I get my stuff packed up and get, I'll make sure I'm the first to the kids line. God forbid that you let the Lord do something in your life during that time. And so what we do, here we go. This is the beginning, okay? You want to remain in the Lord. You come on Sunday morning and you sit there and you say, Lord, what do you want to do in me? You begin by opening your heart and worship and letting him just soften you because we come in hard a lot of times, all of us do from the week. And then during the message, you say, Lord, is there something you wanting to do in me every single week guess what he'll start saying oh yeah I don't know what the pastor is going to preach next week but I can guarantee you something there's something the Lord's going to want to out of you and so you come ready and then the Lord speaks to you do you ever in a service just feel this little something in your heart maybe you did today it's like I need to get rid of that okay that's him saying okay I'm ready to work on you don't just waste that then we have a time of prayer this is power, where God does something in you. And so you take that chance. This is the beginnings, and I'm still talking about remaining in him. And then you come up and you let that time of prayer, let the Lord do something in your heart. And we start there, and then you take it home. And you begin to remain in him. You open your, your, your word, your Bible up at home, and all of a sudden, it's like a mirror, and it shows you things that need to change. You go, I'm going to get that out, or I'm going to do that. And it begins to change you. And you, in your car, you're listening to some worship music and the Lord just speaks your heart on your way to work and, and he just, this is going to happen every day he's going to be clip, clip just taking off stuff that doesn't belong and new stuff begins to grow if you'll let him but you got to stay in him going to church every three, four weeks 
and that's your relationship with God, you're going to be dry and barren and stuck in the old life. If you choose to daily say, I'm in you, Lord, pursue him with everything, you're going to experience a new life that you didn't even know you could have, but it's there for you. So what we're going to do now is the most important part of the service for many of us, and that's to seek God and let him change us. If he started to deal with something in your heart, I want to encourage you to let him touch you during this time. This isn't the time to get ready to go. This is the time to seek him for a moment. I can tell you this. Last night, I spent a big part of my time preparing, just praying over this space. Saying, Holy Spirit, if anyone responds, that you will do a work in them. And that's what I'm believing for you. That if, if there's something that needs to go, maybe it's a heartbreak, maybe it's some stress, maybe it's a sin, that you'll cast that off. If there's something he needs to produce in you, that it'll begin to grow today. So, would you just close your eyes for a moment? Now, I do this because it allows me to tune everybody else out. Just a time to, just between you and God, and ask this question. Say, Holy Spirit, is there something you want to do in me today? Holy Spirit, is there something you want to do in me today? Maybe there's something he wants to clean out. Maybe there's something he wants to begin. In just a moment, we're going to all stand. And during that time, there will be people down here to pray with you. And if you, if you need to see something fresh grow in you, some hope, some joy, some peace, I want to encourage you to let somebody pray with you. You can also, this altar area will be open. This is a special space for prayer. And I want to encourage you, if you don't want to pray with somebody, you can come and kneel before the Lord and pray and talk to him yourself and let the Lord minister to your heart and he will do that. But if you, if you need change, and we do, I want to encourage you to, to come for prayer. I'm going to pray over all of us. And if you need prayer when we stand, I want to encourage you to come forward. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would bring change. Lord, I pray that you would cut out the things that don't belong and bring in what does. Lord, let us grow in you. Let us not be okay with that old self anymore. We thank you for the change that you're bringing in us. In Jesus' name.